This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armitage.
Creona, yes, I am here, even though we're nearly a quarter of the way into this week's show. And getting things underway were, to start with, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons and Schizophrenia, which just so happens to be the band's latest release, that was swiftly followed by the Wild Hearts and Schizophrenic that has been lifted from the PHU2 Deluxe Edition that Round Records have just released. I might say re-released. As for those of you who are unaware, the original concept of PHUQ was a double album, but the band's then record label of East West weren't having any of it, with the fan-only release of Fishing for Luckies sporting the additional missing songs hitting the doormats just before Christmas 1994, a full six months before PHUQ hit the real record shops. Until the record label saw pound signs after the success of the aforementioned PHUQ and uh, put it out as uh, fishing for more luckies that had a few unsanctioned demos tacked onto the end before it was withdrawn, only for an official band approved version to come out in May 1996. Confused? Yeah, you will be. Uh, now, Ginger first came to my attention when he joined the Choir Boys, playing on the band's first two singles of Mayfair, and there she goes again before being replaced by Guy Griffin in late 1988, early 89, who has remained in the band ever since. Uh, the Choir Boys last Friday, that was the 14th of July, future streaming, downloading and non-live rock radio UK listeners released their new single of Medicine. Now this version is the uh, one that features core members of the aforementioned Guy Griffin, Paul Gruen and Keith Weir alongside a rhythm section of Pip and Nick Malin. I'm sure there has been a fair old few who support Spike's version of the Choir Boys who will have dismissed the single out of hand, and I understand that. Like its predecessor of Lie to Me, the band's first new material in almost four years, it sounds like the Choir Boys. Guy's vocals on Lie to Me sound more you know, Chris Robinson than Spike, but on Medicine, yes, there is a certain degree there of that raspness, but it seems more melodic, with no disrespect to Spike, because... Spike is Spike, and Guy is Guy. As a standalone record, I'm enjoying medicine. Have a listen.
Boy interconnectedness, Nigel Mook, who was their bass player from 1984 to 2005, and is once again reprising that role with Spike, has another band on the go called Juvenile Rex, who have just released a video to accompany the digital track Voices in Your Head, the audio of which sounds like this.
last week's covers corner. Yeah, spot the deliberate mistake. Thanks for that, Barton. Anyway, should we start again? You ready? Got your finger hover? Thank you. Last week's covers corner. Only featured two tracks, questionably Antipope by The Damned and Steve Conti's take on Poison Candy Heart. Well, I thought I'd up my game by doubling it to four this week. Now what you've done, Barton. On last week's show, I played the uh, new Continental Lovers track, Paraffin Lips, with vocalist and guitarist Joe Maddox emailing me the band's cover of the Stiff Baters' Make Up Your Mind that first appeared on his Disconnected album. Joe is unsure if the Continental Lovers should officially release it, but after hearing it, I think it's a great version and it would be a shame if it didn't get to see the light of day. drummer Dave Quinton who played on the Disconnected album. I think I'm right in saying that the band that recorded Disconnected consisted of uh, the last touring lineup of the Dead Boys, Stiff Baters, Frank Schnitch, George Cab Anis and David Quinton. Uh, I've just purchased Frank Snitch's uh, autobiography, it's a good read. Uh, just as an aside, in 2013, Canadian record label Ugly Pop Records released Make Up Your Mind as a seven-inch single with Stiff's version on one side and David's on the other. I recommend that you check David's version out. 69 Eyes have recorded a cramp song for inclusion on the Cleopatra tribute LP Goo Goo Muck. Uh, the cramp's original 
came out on the uh, 1986 album A Date With Elvis. I've mentioned this before, but I never got into the cramps. It wasn't deliberate. It just never happened. So uh, I can't tell you if the 69 Eyes have or have not strayed from the original. The press release says that it retains all of the best elements while adding in their own distinctive goth metal sounds. I'll have to take their word for it. of the phobics has recommended a few cramps records to get me started that i've only just as in this afternoon purchased at least that's next week's to and from work listening taken care of whilst i was over at cleopatra's website trying to find out where i could purchase the new sinclair's album more on that later i came across a band called the kvb never heard of them before but the title of their latest album, Artifacts, open brackets, reimaginings from the original psychedelic era, close brackets, had me clicking on the link. As you know, 
I generally do like cover versions to sound nothing like the original, and the KVB, who are British, certainly have done that. Yeah. 
shame I couldn't, to begin with, level at the Healthy Junkies and their take on Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking. There's nothing technically wrong with it. All the notes are played in the correct order. But like the dictator's crazy horses, my first thought was, why? As the band are much better than this. However, after listening to it a few times, I really started to get into the guitaring and sultry vocals. Not wildly different, as you're about to hear, but strangely enough, it comes across better. <laughs> One 
segmentation to another. I read a piece on Far Out Magazine, Code.uk website, quoting a passage from the book. They accompanied the 2017 David Barry box set, A New Career in a New Town, open brackets 1977 to 1982, close brackets, with Tony Visconti saying, Red Money is a blatant copy of Iggy Pop's Sister Midnight, where we took off his vocals, added more guitar and wrote an entirely different song over it. I'm super familiar with Sister Midnight, but even though I've got Lodger, the album whence Red Money originally could be found, it didn't ring any bells. So I guess this means it's time for... You are such a child, Barton. And contrast. Up first is Iggy and Sister Midnight that will swiftly be followed by Bowie's Red Money. Thank you. 
Central Tumbling Central Red Money Can you hear it fall? Can you hear it well? Can you hear it at all? Can you hear it at all? Can you hear it at all? Hey, money! Hey, money! Hey, money! Hey, Sister Midnight was credited as written by Iggy Pop, David Bowie and guitarist Carlos Aloma uh, with just Bowie and Aloma on Red Money. It seems everyone but me knew of this shared history of the song. You learn something new every day. As I mentioned earlier, I was over at Cleopatra Records' Bandcamp site looking to pre-order the Sinclair's new album, The Slow Death of a Cigarette that as well as being available as ones and zeros, comes as a limited silver vinyl LP. For those of you who are unaware, the Sinclairs feature Ratscabies on drums and Billy Shinbone on guitar. I think I'll probably be paying Raven Retail a visit next Saturday to see if they've got the record as I don't have to pay silly money for the postage from the States. Anyway, to whet our appetite from said LP, this is Ultra Splendid.
onto another segmentation in the shape and form of demolition. Yes, I know. Not original, but uh, that's all I've got. Unless one of you can come up with a better name. Uh, next Friday, Time and Matter Recordings will be putting out the fourth volume of the Jane Stark digital archives called Whatever Happened to the Harold Smith Demos. I did not know this, but Jane Stark had a cameo appearance in the 1999 British comedy Whatever Happened to Harold Smith starring Tom Courtney, Lulu, Stephen Fry and James Corden playing a punk band. That was Jane Stark, not Lulu. Yeah, you knew what I was saying. Anyway, I had never heard of the film, but apparently Harold Smith is a quiet middle-aged Englishman who becomes an instant celebrity, you can tell I'm reading this, when he suddenly starts exhibiting psychic and telekinetic powers after he is arrested for accidentally killing three pensioners by causing their pacemakers to stop. His lawyer brings in an extremely sceptical scientist to test whether or not Harold's powers are true. Meanwhile, Harold's son Vince, a disco devotee, is pining for his co-worker Joanna, who also happens to be the daughter of the scientist testing Vince's dad anyway. <sighs> Jane Stark wrote and demoed four songs for the film, with two being you. Shut up, Bill. Uh, those were Personality Breakdown and Raw Power, with changes and think Vice consigned to the cutting room floor. Obviously, the whatever happened to Harold Smith demos are exactly what he says on the tin. Personality Breakdown and Raw Power from the film, plus the original four demos. I went straight for Raw Power before even reading the really good liner notes from Gizbutt, thinking that maybe it was the Stooges song of the same name, ready for a potential covers corner. It isn't, but it is fantastic in its own right. Instead of the finished article, I thought I'd air the demo.
That's your lot. Until next week, take it easy. This episode of the Paranoid School Rock Show was produced by Bart and Stacey, engineered by Fenny Bridges, and was hosted by Armitage Schmidt, and was a Watts' Lodge production. Mm-hmm.